Hello and welcome to another episode of Protolabs' Inside Podcast Series. We've created this podcast to help you design better parts specifically for digital manufacturing. You'll find it packed with useful tips that will hopefully save you time and money. We'll be sharing new podcasts with you regularly and they'll be available for you to listen to whenever you want. This is either on our website, which is www.protolabs.co.uk or through any podcast streaming service. Today I'm going to talk to you about some important injection molding extras that may support you on your projects. We're going to start off with family tooling and how that may work out for you, and then we'll go into multi-cavity tooling. Your first fun saving fact is that you can potentially save up to 40% of your costs if your parts are identified as being eligible for family injection molding. Just like multi-cavity parts, family parts share the same mold, so since most of the cost of injection molding is the machining of the mold, it's really worth knowing that putting two or more parts into one will be quoted as a single part instead of multiple parts. While this isn't quite two for the price of one because of other considerations, there is still a substantial saving to be made. Before you rush off to ask your supplier for a family mold, there are some restrictions just due to the nature of injection molding process. First of all, it's the idea of the part size. That is a major consideration. So the injection molding cycle is usually dictated by the part size and thickness. If one part is bigger or thicker than the other, then their cooling times will be different. And this could affect the shrinkage of the part. This could also lead to a filling imbalance between the two parts, and that would lead to potential defects. This means that for family tooling to work, you need parts that are of similar sizes and have a very similar geometry as well. So here at Protolabs, we allow for something like a 20% deviation between the geometry and the volume of material that's required to create the part that we allow. It may be different for other injection molders. You'd also need to think about the overall size of the part, just in general, because if you want to save money on your costs, then they all need to sit in the same the same mold size. Uh, at Protolabs, for example, the family of two or more parts needs to fit in a standard mold size of either 304.8mm by 101.6 or we have 203.2mm by 1524 all the parts also need to be produced at the same volume. So, for example, if you need a top and a bottom of a part, but in practice the top needs replacing more frequently due to, you know, whichever reason, then producing in that one-to-one ratio may not be your most economically friendly answer. But there are ways around it. You may opt for having two tops to be produced in a multi-cavity mold, or mold one bottom and two tops in the same mold, as long as the sizing and the geometry allow for this. Complexity is not the uh, the greatest friend of uh, family tooling or multi-cavities. That's not to say that it can't be done. Um, we do have a specific team of design analysts and our own application engineers. If you work quite closely with them, then there's always ways around dealing with any of those challenges. So it's not to say that it's completely off the table, but you know, keep that in mind. My next point is a little more obvious. If you do opt for family moulding, then both parts need to be manufactured from the same material. Some materials flow better through a mould. So a glass-filled nylon, for example, is quite viscous. It's very chunky. The the filling of the glass itself will actually cause long-term damage to an aluminium mould. So it's not the best when it comes to multi-cavity or family moulding. On the other hand, you've got something like liquid silicon rubber, which is a fantastic choice. This is because it flows very freely and provides a flexible material with excellent strength and dimensional stability. 
It performs really well in extreme temperatures and is resistant to chemicals along with being biocompatible. If you do want to find out a little bit more about liquid silicon rubber, we do have a white paper specifically available on the Protolabs website just for it. It goes through things like the injection molding process of the elastic materials and offers guidelines on how to best improve injection molded LSR parts. The link to this white paper can be found in the episode's podcast description. But back to flow and material flow, it's really important to consider the gating. The flow must be controlled and managed. And there's a difference between single cavity and multi-cavity or family cavity molds. For the former, pin style and hot tip gates are often used to help solve challenges with complex part geometries and reduce gate vestige. That is the small remnant of the runner material that needs to be trimmed away from the finished workpiece. These are rarely, if ever, used in family molding. Here, the gate edges are the better option. This is because you've got far more flexibility on where you place it, which is vital when trying to squeeze multiple parts into a mold. It also has a larger vestige, which means that more trimming is needed, but crucially, this helps absorb the residual flow stress that is around the section of the mold. Gate placement is also important when you're creating a multi-cavity tool and something that you need to be aware of if you're considering sharing parts in one mold. We don't normally recommend that you design your own runner and gate system. Instead, we work quite closely with our customers to best achieve the most effective mold. In addition to the specific factors that you need to consider for family tooling, you also need to think about the general design principles for the process. Just as with any other injection molding, these principles include draft, wall thickness, material choice, and surface finish. And as the number of cavities in a mold goes up, these are other factors that become increasingly important. It may be worth your time to revisit one of our design tips on leveraging low volume injection molding. Again, this is on the Protolabs website. We have something that we call the Proto Quote, which is Protolabs's specific design for manufacturability analysis, or DFMA. This helps with the majority of the process, but we would also advise that you work closely with our application engineers. It's what they're trained up for, and they are honestly just so brilliant. If you're unable to put through the family parts within the same upload, then make sure you speak to your designated account manager or one of our application engineers to highlight that you would like your parts reviewed for the family tooling opportunities. This is not something that's automatically done at the moment in time with Protolabs, but it's not something that we can't look into on a case-by-case basis. It's always best to have as much open and effective communication with your account managers, the application engineers, along with our customer service representatives. Talk to as many of us as you need. Next up, I'm going to talk about the closely related multi-cavity molds. From my own experience with my own customers, I know that there's another term that's used for multi-cavity molds, which is either imps or impressions. So this gives the idea that with family molding, each cavity produces different parts, whereas in a multi-cavity mold, it's the exact same part just made X amount of times. Moving from a single cavity mold to one that produces two, four, or eight parts at once seems like an easy way to increase production volume and reduce part costs. This can be true in many cases, but only if the right steps are taken and the requisite homework is done first. Designing a part for multi-cavity molding is not as simple as copying the CAD file for a single cavity mold multiple times. The physics encountered when forced with molten plastic through a mold sprues, runners, and the gates change as the molds become larger and more complex, something that can impact the molding performance and part. Also, thermal variations within a multi-cavity mold body become more of a concern. The plastic needs to travel longer distances to reach that finishing line, both of which increase the risk of a partially filled cavity 
cavity and excess sink as well as part of a part deformation after the ejection. When moving from single to multi-cavity tooling, it's important to recognize that parts that behave perfectly in single cavity molding might not play well in multi or family molding, at least not without first making some tweaks to the part and the process or even the material itself. One of these tweaks is the gate. So cattle gates, child gates, gate E24 at the airport, each designed to control traffic. The gates used in injection molding are no different. They allow molten plastic to flow through the mold at the beginning of the injection cycle and then hold it under pressure until the mold cools, the plastic solidifies and the part is subsequently ejected. In mold making, there are more types of gates than there are players in a football team. Here at Labs, we rely on three. So just to reiterate what I said earlier about the pin style and hot tub gates that are often employed on single cavity mold tools to you know, solve those challenges with the complex part geometries to reduce that gate vestige. Again, rarely ever used on multi-cavity molds. These are the gate edges or tab gates or whichever you prefer to call them. These are the rule. This adds to that flexibility and you need that flexibility when you're trying to squeeze multiple parts into a mold. Another example where costly part redesign can be avoided when making the jump to multi-cavity is gate placement. Hiccups like this can potentially be avoided if you involve Protolabs' application engineers earlier on in your product expectations. Just another note and just to reiterate once more that we don't advise that you design your own run and gate systems to create your own multi-cavity tool. Protolabs is more than happy to facilitate with the design Similar situations can occur with side actions. Let's say that you've designed a lightweight bobbin with holes like Swiss cheese running through each flange to reduce the mass. This is a perfect use for side actions, which slide into place prior to the plastic entering the mold, thus restricting the material flow, and then pop back out when the part is ejected. While well, side actions work great in single cavity molds, the sewing machine accessory most likely wouldn't qualify for a multi-cavity tooling due to that requirement. Manually loaded inserts or pickouts could also be a careful consideration. Placing a small block of metal into a mold cavity to create a cutout on an internal feature, for example, is fairly straightforward in single cavity molding. That same approach on an eight cavity tool, however, is time consuming and should be avoided if large quantities are your product's future. If this is the case, let us know and we'll help you design a more efficient mold right from the start. If you fancy learning a bit more about pickouts, we also have a white paper on the Protolabs website titled Designing for Moldability Complex Features. This also covers undercuts, through holes, side actions, and sliding shutoffs. Again, link to the white paper will be found in the description of this podcast. Protolabs' regular customers are more familiar with using their family molds for low-volume production needs. This type of mold is used to manufacture different components for the multi-part assembly, or multiple variations of a single component in a single shop. If you've ever assembled a plastic model of a Ford Pinto as a kid, or a Star Wars TIE Fighter replica as an adult, myself included there, you've handled family molded parts, though. If this is the approach that you want to take for your project, be prepared for some additional work and a greater tooling investment. Due to the different size and geometry of parts, family molding bring added design challenges. It may make more sense to investigate alternative molding options, for example, uh, multiple single cavity tools, until larger production volumes warrant a higher tooling cost. That being said, Protolabs has successfully tackled many projects that involve family molds, part geometry and the family size permitting, so don't throw in the towel before giving us a shot. 
Because silicon flows more easily than pound coins at a mecha bingo, most of the challenges faced with multi-cavity and family molds are greatly reduced. As I mentioned earlier, it's not just the design elements unique to multi-cavity tooling that you need to keep in mind. There are, of course, the common injection molding guidelines to follow, like draft, wall thickness, material choice, and surface finish. The likelihood of success increases, especially as the number of cavities increase, with part designs that account for all of these variables. The bottom line is this. Efficient ejection molded part design is about reducing part cost. This is true if you're making 5, 50, 5,000 or 5 million parts. Some designers and manufacturers aim to shortcut the mold development cycle by jumping feet first into multi-cavity tooling, skipping the critical prototyping phase. Protolabs advises against this approach, not because we want to sell you another mold, but because testing parts using single cavity molding is an excellent way to vet design, improve the quality, and likely save you some money in the long run. Some of our customers test multiple iterations of the same molded part in parallel with multiple single cavity molds, select the winner, then move on to a multi-cavity mold. This increases your overall speed to market by helping you avoid development speed bumps along the way. As with all of our podcasts, you'll find more information about family tooling and multi-cavity molds on our website, www.protolabs.co.uk. Or if you prefer, you could talk to one of our application engineers by calling 01952-683-047. If you enjoyed listening today, please tune into our next podcast and subscribe for podcast updates. I've been Sean Caliban, account manager here at Protolabs. Thanks for listening and happy designing.